get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. With Michelle and Dan, I'm Randy, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. It was great to see Jeremy Rutherford yesterday at the ballpark for Dunctionary Day. Uh, it's always fun to see you during, well, hockey season, obviously, but we don't see you as much during the offseason, JR, so it was good to see you. How are you doing? Yeah, real good. Yeah, just to be out on the roof deck, and we saw you, Randy, and you, Michelle, but where was Dan at? I was looking forward to seeing Dan. Uh, I was hiding out <laughs> in the back. I'm antisocial. <laughs> You're no everywhere you walk downtown. I can hear your voice just booming through the streets. I apologize for that. <laughs> I knew you were down there. How you doing, buddy? Good, 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 guys. Did you enjoy your day at the ballpark? It was awesome. You know, I haven't been down there in a long time, and I realized that that whole area is uh, developed now. But just being a long uh, lifelong St. Louis, and it was great to see. It, it's it's fun for everybody. You could just see the ind- individual families. You know, moms, dads, sons, daughters playing catch, playing bags out in that ballpark village area. It, it's just so great that everything's come back and, and that we have that uh, special place downtown. It does make you, I bet, in the back of your mind, maybe not, maybe I'm just uh, thinking, overthinking this uh, in terms of what you're thinking, but what enterprise could look like going into October? You know, when you have that opening night and Blues fans are welcome back for the first time at 100% capacity and what a Blues fan, uh, what a Blues game and experience will be like having the fans back for a hockey game. I mean, it's for me, I think about it, you know, I'm I'm watching some of the NHL games and I'm thinking, man, did I miss that for for Blues hockey this year? Yeah, Dan, and they were fortunate to get the 9,000 in the building for those couple playoff games that they had before they got knocked out. Uh, but you're right, you know, to see what's going on in some of these uh, playoff arenas uh, with the hockey and, and to look into uh, Bush Stadium yesterday and see a lot of people. I can't wait to get back to Enterprise and, and see those crowds. JR, you have a great piece up at The Athletic uh, headlined what a perfect offseason could look like for the St. Louis Blues. And some of the things that you write are reality. Some are our dream, a perfect off season. But if you were going to pick one of the things that you wrote about that seemed realistic to you, what would it be? It has to be left wing. It really does. The Blues just don't have enough on that side. Uh, even if you bring Jaden Schwartz back, you need somebody. And so I tried to keep it as realistic as possible. Like you can't do a perfect off season, you know, in fantasy land because you know, what's going to come true? And, and are you going to be able to fit the team under the cap? Uh, probably not. So, you know, to me, as I painted the picture, Randy, in that article, I said, hey, look, even though Jaden Schwartz hasn't scored a ton for you, he's been inconsistent offensively. Um, he's, he's been a good defensive player, and his numbers aren't that bad compared to the rest of the league for the number of games he played. Let's not uh, forget that he missed 16 games with an oblique. But 
I don't think he's your number one left winger, and he may not even be your number two left winger if he's not going to be able to be more productive. So you need something else over there, and that's if you sign him. If you don't sign him, then you need a, a couple guys. So to me, to pick one thing, you know, I, I know this is probably pipe dream too, but Gabriel Landeskog, I think, is somebody that uh, would fit well with this roster. And would he leave Colorado? Who knows? Uh, does St. Louis have a chance? Who knows? But if you had to pick one, he'd be the guy to bring that skill, bring that grit, bring that leadership to that Blues top six. JR, in reading the piece, there was one thing that really popped out to me, and that's what you proposed about Mike Hoffman. I think a lot of Blues fans just assume that he wasn't a fit here in St. Louis and that the team and Mike Hoffman wouldn't have a future together. But do you think there's a chance he comes back to St. Louis? I think there's a chance. It might just be a small chance. And you talk to people around the league and obviously Hoffman's camp, and and they're not shutting the door. They're absolutely not shutting the door. Now, when they say that, uh, there could be, you could read into it that his options could be limited. We're talking about the flat cap, uh, $81.5 million again next year. And he's going to want a multi-year deal. Is that two? Is that three? Uh, he's going to want the contract that he thought he was going to get last year before he settled on the one-year $4 million deal with the St. Louis Blues. So how many teams around the league are going to offer that? It might be only two or three, and so they certainly don't want to shut the door on the Blues. But what I wrote, Michelle, and, and I wanted to uh, stress in that article, is that if you're going to pay a guy let's just say $5 million in a Kaufman, and you're going to give them three years. It just can't be with the thought that they, they both sides had last year where you know he ended up playing on the third line and ended up playing 12, 13 minutes and on the second power play. If this guy is going to come in on a multi-year deal at $5 million, he's got to play a bigger role than what he did last year, and is, is he capable of that? Uh, with the teams that are left uh, right now in postseason play, who do you like? Yeah, I really like, even though they lost last night, Vegas, to me, uh, they've got through that tough situation with Colorado overcoming that uh, big deficit. I think that hardens the team. I think that they, uh, after they don't have their best game and they had a, a slow start last night, uh, they really come back and, and play well. So I still like Vegas in that situation. Uh, but uh, you look at that other series on the other side with the Islanders and, and Tampa, uh, I didn't think Tampa was going to lose at home, but I knew they definitely weren't going to lose two games at home, so they even up that series. I like Tampa over there. I still think it's going to be a Vegas-Tampa final, and I still like Vegas' chances. JR, I think at the time a lot of people understood why Doug Armstrong didn't go all in on Alex Petrangelo. That no-movement clause seemed like a deal-breaker. But if Petro goes on to win a Stanley Cup with Vegas in his first season after he leaves the Blues, do you think a lot of people shift the way they look at that? Yeah, I I think that people who uh, look at that situation, Michelle, it's interesting. You know, people still tell me that Alex Petrangelo wanted to play somewhere else. And I never got that vibe from him. I talked to him a lot leading up the free agency. He wanted to make it work here in St. Louis. I'm not saying that there isn't blame on both sides. There's definitely blame uh, on the Petrangelo side, too. This thing could have gotten done a lot sooner. Uh, But I think if he goes on and wins a Stanley Cup, I think it's just going to underscore what a lot of people believe is that, you know, his departure really changed this defense and, and not just him, but Bo Meester and a couple other guys who were there on that Stanley cup team that are no longer here. Uh, but Petrangelo was the guy and you can tell watching the games and two more goals last night, uh, three uh, here recently, he, he just controls the game like we were talking about last week. So to me uh, it, with the blues defense, not playing as well as we've seen a couple of years ago, you can point to a, a main reason why that is, and it's the departure of Alex Petrangelo. And, Jr., it's amazing to see 
a team like the Islanders, who play with a lot of the same elements that the Blues had in 2019, Vegas has a lot of those same elements. What the Blues are chasing now is what they were in 2019. You mentioned the names, Steen, Bo Meester, Petrangelo, and I think the big thing they need to do is rebuild their identity. You've written about that as well. But to me, that's the main thing that the Blues have to get back to is what they were in 2019, and they just don't have the elements to do that right now. It definitely is, Randy, and the thing is, it's the chicken or the egg. What happens is if you have an Alex Petrangelo who can control the game, get the puck up the ice, keep it out of your own zone, then you can roll your four lines and you can create that identity. But if you never have a chance uh, to, to, to play the puck in your zone and get it out quickly and, and just get things on the on the move, then you're never able to do what makes the Blues successful. And I think that's why you see Vegas and you see the Islanders when they have those defensemen and those blue lines that can control it, get it out, get it up to the forwards, and that's when they come at you with the waves. So to me, the Blues will have a serious problem trying to find that identity unless they get that defensive uh, area cleaned up. Hey, before we let you go, you have written extensively about the Blues and the NHL's protected lists. When do they have to have a protected list in for Seattle, and then when does the draft take place? Yeah, so they'll submit it on July 17th, and I believe it'll be made public shortly thereafter. Then Seattle will have its 48-hour window to negotiate with uh, unrestricted free agents, and it will be uh, the 21st that'll be the draft. So it'll be about that three- or four-day span there from July 17th to the 21st. And you bring up the unrestricted free agents. For example, if they would take Schwartz, Seattle would have that four-day window to negotiate with him and sign him to a long-term contract, correct? They could do that, yep. They would have, uh, I believe it's 48 hours total that they would have to negotiate with Schwartz, try to come up with something. And let's keep in mind that, you know, they don't have any cap right now. So, you know, could they offer him something with an AAV of uh, $6 million and entice Jaden Schwartz to sign there? They could. And if they came to an agreement on a contract, then obviously Seattle would inform uh, the league that that's who they're selecting off the Blues roster. But if they can't come to an agreement, uh, then Jaden Schwartz remains an unrestricted free agent. And then uh, if he doesn't get selected, if they don't take his rights, which they wouldn't if they didn't sign him, then he could still be a free agent and still be signed by the Blues, in fact. So the Blues will turn in that list one month from today. JR, always great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Anytime. Good to see you guys. See you later. That is Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. 
Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.